From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. The city and borough of Juneau is reminding residents that utility rates increased on July 1st. The city assembly in August of 2019 approved increases to both water and sewer utility rates. The 2% rate increase went into effect on the 1st. There will be an additional 2% increases on July of next year and July of 2024. There will be a road closure on Mendenhall Loop Road starting tomorrow as crews work on a repaving project. Mendenhall Loop Road will be closed between James Boulevard and Mendenhall Mall Road from 7 p.m. on Friday, July 15th to 5.30 a.m. on Monday, July 18th. The closure comes due to the replacement of a major fish passage. Chris Gonez is the construction chief of the project. That culvert is a large uh, culvert that... Uh, We'll replace an existing culvert, and um, it's a large excavation that'll need to go in, into that. Um, and that culvert will then, therefore, allow fish to uh, continue to move up and migrate into the Duck Creek area uh, well into the future. And uh, so it's a large excavation um, to be able to place that, that culvert in place. And uh, that's what's leading to us needing to close the road so that work can uh, get through. Goins says during the closure, traffic will be directed to detour routes, particularly on Back Loop. The primary detour route is Back Loop Road, and we really want to encourage folks both in in the valley, uh, if you need to go out of the valley and you're you're on Loop Road or you're on Back Loop, please, uh, this weekend, uh, we want to encourage you to use that Back Loop um, going back on, over to Ock Bay and uh, using that as a, as a route around. One of the things that is going to be going on as part of this is we're going to be trying to get a lot of traffic that typically goes down Mindenhall Loop Road um, in and out of the valley, uh, and it's going to have to go uh, uh, elsewhere. And so uh, to avoid uh, backups in those other roads, we really want to encourage folks to use the Back Loop Road. Alaska DOT spokesperson Sam Dapsovich says no residential or business access will be affected by the closure. This work is not closing off access to any residential areas or uh, business areas. If you if you look at that stretch that we're closing, there's no driveways on it. And James Boulevard is open, Mall Road is open, um, Atlin Street is open. So um, all those places still have access. And uh, like Chris said, um, encouraging people to either plan their trips off peak times or to use the back loop road as much as possible. And, and we really appreciate the community and the tourism industry's uh, cooperation with us uh, so we can get this done expediently. Department of Transportation spokesperson Sam Dapsovich. Officials with the Native Corporation Gold Belt and the Alaska Department of Transportation are looking into Cascade Point as a site for a new ferry terminal. That was a word from Gold Belt President and CEO McHugh Pierre while on Action Line. I believe that we have an obligation to help provide solutions in our community, in our region, and Gold Belt wants to do that. And so uh, we believe with a, a public-private partnership with DOT that we can provide an outlet to get a, an affordable, reliable transportation link to the mainland. And, and what our goal is is to have six- or seven-day ferry service from that location. And if, if it's affordable there and it lowers costs, then we can take the existing money that DOT is spending on the ferry service and move it to other communities. So we have better transportation across the entire region, not just in Juneau. 
Pierre said ticket savings could be as high as 25%. If a ferry terminal was built at Cascade Point, it would be a little less than two hours to go up to Haines and to Skagway from that location. And it would save uh, on ticket prices by about 25%. So ridership would um, pay less money to uh, take a shorter route. And so I think that's a, a super opportunity. The proposal was put before the Alaska Marine Highway Operations Advisory Board earlier this month, but no recommendation was made. Juneau police have released a statement about the arrest of a man who was recently reported missing and then to have outstanding warrants. According to a news release, Lucas Canton Schneider contacted a Juneau police officer around 4 a.m. yesterday morning. He was arrested on outstanding warrants and transported to Lemon Creek Correctional. Last Friday, two warrants were issued for Schneider's arrest. Schneider was initially considered a missing person. The first warrant was for a Juneau State Trooper felony no-bail parole warrant for assault in the second degree. The second warrant was a $5,000 Juneau State Trooper arrest warrant for petition to revoke probation on the original charge of assault in the second degree. A state-planned timber sale on Prince Wales Island in Alaska has residents concerned. In the May 2022 Best Interest Finding and Decision Report from the Alaska Department of Natural Resources, it is proposed that the Division of Forestry will offer about 290 acres of mature old-growth timber for sale. The timber will come from state lands on Prince Wales Island, adjacent to the city of Whale Pass. The volume to be offered totals about 7,100 board feet. A public information meeting was held via Zoom in 2020 and was hosted by the City of Whale Pass. Jimmy Greeley, a member of the group Friends of Whale Pass, which residents formed in response to the timber sale, spoke on Action Line. They brought, and this was in 2019, um, they got, you know, they told the town that they're going to have a, you know, a meeting about this timber sale. So we all basically went to the library in 2019 and uh, over, they, they were unable, the, the, the state was unable to attend in person. So it was over, over a zoom call with the, the town and in the library, obviously. And the consensus in the room was we all did not want it. Greeley outlined several concerns. Firstly, that his home is on the hillside directly underneath the sale. He said the issue is water drainage down the hill. Others raised include impacts to the deer habitat, property values being driven down due to the logging traffic, safety concerns, and the impact to the scenic aesthetic of Whale Pass for tourist visitors. What's the hurry on this? Why can't we take take it? take a deep breath and look and see, is this really good? Is this actually something that the state needs to be doing? This is, I'm not trying to shut down the whole logging industry in the state of Alaska by any means. I'm just trying to protect the, the trees right next to my house. The department said the sale will be composed of western hemlock, Sitka spruce, western red cedar, and Alaska yellow cedar. The elders of the Huna Presbyterian Church are alleging a land grab by the city of Huna in regard to a driveway on church property. According to Pastor Paul Camoli, the city, through Municipal Attorney James Sheehan, has communicated over the past year that eminent domain proceedings may be instituted against the congregation if a driveway on the property is not sold to the city. Eminent domain is a legal action where a government can take private property for public use with payment, 
of compensation. Kamoli spoke to the Huna City Council on Tuesday. November 10th, 2021, we received a threatening letter from the city from Jane Sheehan saying that the city is willing to be a good neighbor and purchase a driveway parcel from the church, runs between the sewer treatment plants, and if we don't agree, uh, they'll invoke imminent domain or prescriptive domain and take it anyway. So basically a land seizure was was the threat. Uh, the elders met and we discussed this, and we have uh, Baxter Bruce Sullivan as our attorneys. The church would like to agree that the portion of the wastewater plant, which abuts the church land, has likely been there since 74. The original building was built as close to the property line set back as possible in 74, about five feet off the property line. There's, in fact, outswing man doors in the back of the building, which, when open wide, leave only about two feet of property from moving around the doors. Clearly not well planned by the city to encroach so closely if more space or access was needed. Yet, nonetheless, that was the city's plan. Kamoli said the city has also been discharging sewage while trespassing on its property. We've complained many, many times since 2013 about raw sewage discharge, dump, snow dumping, et cetera, and trespassing generally. We're a Christian church, and our doors are open all. Does that mean come take it? Of course not. It means come worship and pray with us. All visitors and respectful brothers and sisters in Christ are welcome. We have over the years allowed the church parking lot to be used by the neighboring A&B Hall for special events, gatherings. So much, in fact, has become a common misperception that the church lot is actually the A&B Hall's lot. Revenue, necessary to pay our bills, keeps the doors open for worshipers for 135 years. The tiny congregation unfunded the pavement of the parking lot, $36,000 in 2016, and we leased the use of the parking lot to ISP for two seasons for 50 bucks a day. Kamoli also alleged improper actions by Mayor Gerald Byers and that the city dumped raw sewage onto church property three times in recent years, though it was only reported to state environmental officials twice. The Huna City Council voted to put the question of a change to its form of government to the voters during their regular meeting on Tuesday. The question is whether the voters will approve a change from a strong mayor form of government to a strong administrator forum. Councilmember Stan Savland made the initial motion. Mr. Mayor, I move that we have a petition for the change of government from strong mayor to manager form of, of government for the city of Huna. Our fall municipal election 2022. After the motion was seconded by member Brian Lackey, Savlan immediately spoke against the idea. He said Huna is seeking to be a borough and that that question should be decided first. Speaking against the motion, I, I would rather wait for the borough formation to take shape. Um, I, I don't want to confuse the public with changing our government right now. Um, and I think I think we're well on our way for and and once we change to to if we if we if we're successful with our borough formation then then we can change to a, a manager type. Member Amelia Wilson said the decision should be up to the voters, regardless of the city's ambition to be a borough. Speaking in in favor, I think that it should be a decision that goes to the voters and. Um, it's been years that we've been working on the, um, the, the paperwork and the process for the change of the, the borough um, to the borough formation. Um, should that continue to um, take years, I think that um, having the people decide um, what they feel is best as far as the form of government to um, you know, balance out the, the power and, and the representation uh, for them, should be up to the voters. City Attorney James Sheehan said the borough formation process takes time. It should see some resolution this fall. 
The vote was 5-1 to one in favor, with Savland voting no. The Sitka Assembly took up a first reading of a ballot question on funding the construction of a marine vessel haulout and shipyard on Tuesday night. Greg Knight reports. In April 2022, the city closed the sale of the former Sitka Community Hospital building and surrounding properties to search for $8.25 million. Net proceeds of $8.18 million were transferred into the Sitka Permanent Fund as required by law. The ballot proposition would ask voters to approve the funds be withdrawn from the Permanent Fund and be deposited in the Gary Paxson Industrial Park Fund for the purpose of building the boatyard. Assemblymember Tor Christensen is a sponsor of the ordinance. As you know, we've been uh, trying to figure out a way to get something built out there for quite a while. And uh, a couple of meetings ago, we kind of said, all right, let's, we, we talked about a few items and said, let's get a group together and, and hash out something that might work. And this is the result. Um, I don't know if I don't want to go too far into advocating for this too much, but Essentially, this uses the sale, like like the it, we, it says the sale of the hospital f- site to fund the um, haul out. Christensen explained why it has to go to a ballot question. It obviously has to go to a vote of the people because it's being taken from the permanent fund. Um, although I think it, it, it can be part of the reason why when we were talking about different uh, uh, options, that this was attractive is that we haven't budgeted this money yet. Uh, it hasn't been, uh, you know, we wouldn't really be budgeting it for a couple of years because of the way the permanent fund works. Um, so we don't, doesn't put a hole in our budget. We just, it's just money we're not going to get rid of, uh, get. A number of other ideas to fund the haul out were rejected. The other things we looked at, like reinstating the property tax on vessels or raising harbor rates or trying to pass a sales tax a general sales tax increase um, for various reasons, either didn't raise enough money or were very unlikely to work. And one of the overwhelming goals of the group of people that were working on this was to find something that would actually work. Vice Deputy Mayor Kevin Mosher said this about the process that was undertaken to get to this point. Trying to build a haul out has been worked on for years. And so on, uh, and I'm reading this for the public's benefit um, on the, in the memo, uh, at the May 24th, 2022 assembly meeting, a discussion direction decision item was presented to explore options for funding marine vessel haul out and shipyard. Um, so we discussed that. Uh, Mr. Christensen volunteered to work on something. I volunteered to, to help him with that. And so we dis- then we discussed these things, uh, and this is the option that we came up with. This is not necessarily perfect, but this is the best thing that we could come up with. Gary White, the director of the Gary Paxton Industrial Park, spoke to the assembly during public comment. The board of directors met yesterday, the 11th, and um, considered this, this, this ordinance and uh, unanimously supported it. So the board feels this is a good direction to move forward. Sitka resident Ryan Herbert says the assembly should go big in developing the boatyard. I like the idea of building it, um, but I want to actually see if we can find outside financing and funding through uh, places like Vigor, as well as the Coast Guard base, because if we can make it big enough, then they can work on their ships there as well, as well as the ferry system. Money can be appropriated to using it for working on ferry systems like Vigor already does. And that would allow us to have a bigger job um, employment rate here. So I think we'd be able to actually like produce a lot of jobs and then maybe even some housing out there as well.
Reporting for News of the North, I'm Greg Knight. Former President Donald Trump spoke in Anchorage on Saturday to endorse candidate Sarah Palin for Congress and Kelly Shabaka for Senate. Trump criticized Senator Dan Sullivan for not denouncing Senator Murkowski over her political stances on many topics. He called me up. He was eight points down, and then I endorsed him, and he ends up winning his race. How he doesn't denounce Lisa Murkowski for what she's done to this party and to your state. Murkowski has been in the Senate for 21 years. Her father held the seat for 21 years before. She's a total creature of the Washington swamp, but much worse than that. Trump said Murkowski's vote to approve Deb Holland as Interior Secretary was bad for Anwar and Alaska. Trump also spoke out against ranked choice voting. I know what's going to happen. You have that ranked choice crap voting. If you're in fifth place, you get put. If you're in third place, you get put. How many people? All right, Sarah Palin won, but we had a couple of people in second place. We're going to give them the victory, right? You know? You got to watch that. This is really horrible what's going on with our elections. Former President Donald Trump. Meanwhile, an investigation has been launched after a person believed to be an Anchorage police officer was shown in a photo with a woman in town for a Trump rally flashing a novelty white privilege card. The social media post caused concerns about racial equality in Alaska's largest city. A woman claimed she had just arrived for Saturday's rally when police stopped her for weaving. She couldn't find her license, but gave the officers her white privilege card. She claims she was not ticketed. It was not immediately clear if a disciplinary action would be taken against officers involved or if a citation was actually issued to Mimi Israela. Fewer police officers are dying in the line of duty, but ABC's Aaron Katursky tells us the ones who are increasingly are being killed with a gun. Halfway through the year, the number of police officers who died in the line of duty decreased by more than 30% compared to the same period last year. The National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund said that's almost entirely because there are far fewer police deaths from COVID-19. The virus is still the biggest killer of law enforcement officers this year, but the number of officers killed by a gun has increased nearly 20%. Most of the incidents involved a handgun and a domestic disturbance. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.